Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event. Now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. Hooray for Hollywood! Hey, this is Brett Gersky. Welcome to another edition of On The List. Today's Tuesday, February 10th, 2015. This is episode number 38. My guest today here in the studio with me is a very talented writer and director and actor. His feature directorial debut, Warren, is now available to watch everywhere, or almost everywhere. I'll let you explain that. Uh, Alex Bay. Hello. What's up? Brett, thanks for having me. How fun is this? It's great. I love it. <laughs> I love that there's a show that you have, and it's and it's awesome. A man of many talents. Right. I try to keep busy. I, I think you do. Yeah, you do well. Um, this is going to be fun. You always say things like, let's have a good time. Let's have a great time. Let's have a great time. Yeah. yeah. So let's have a great time. I always say, you know, might as well just have the, the, the best day of our lives thus far at any moment yeah. right yeah so is that what today is well today's the greatest day of our lives thus far it must be it has to be you know it may as well be yeah <laughs> at um, all times so you and i just saw each other at the sundance film festival we did yeah we were networking and hobnobbing and we were shaking hands kissing babies we were or, or the opposite you know oh well, i hope not mm-hmm. but um did you have a good time how was your trip this year we actually met first of all i should start by saying we met at sundance like yes. three years ago 2012 or i don't know it might have been earlier but yes it was at bandits bandits with barbecue the, on main street yep with amanda harlib our uh, mutual hello amanda friend. yes Hi, amanda. our mutual friend amanda she was like oh that's alex bay you guys should know each other <laughs> brought you over and we're yeah. still friends and we were still friends yeah um yeah i popped on over for a few days it was a great time and uh had a, had a couple of good meetings and and just saw a lot of good people and it was fun. It was I, a lot of, yeah. I saw you up at the CAA party. That's right. Yeah. No, that was a fun, interesting evening. Uh, I, I somehow found myself uh, on the side stage with Diplo. Yeah. With Evan Silverberg, Bo Swayze, and <laughs> our boy JR from ICM. And I uh, had an amazing time. Somehow found ourselves on the side stage. And then, and then, you know, we were the guys bringing Diplo to the CAA. Party, right. I mean, which it, was, which is, it was, it was sort of rowdy until 2 a.m. Mm-hmm, Diplo mm-hmm, shows up. Mm-hmm. That thing, people were just moving furniture and they that, made a dance yeah. floor. Yeah. And took then, it to another level. Yeah, I stayed for another two hours to like four, but I have a feeling it kept going. I think it went. I think it kept going for a while. I think I, I checked out of there around four thirty or so. <laughs> I, I posted was... a picture. I said it's not a proper house party until Diplo shows up. <laughs> exactly. It did change it, the vibe. It, it dude. It, we brought the whole. We we revamped. I think. Yeah. I, I wasn't there beforehand, but I think it took it to another level. <laughs> well, you could see that yeah. it was it was winding down, and then you guys. Just... Exactly. Well, then there was a dance floor, and that's all you need. Exactly. You know, really. This girl started moving tables, and at first I was like, "What are you doing?" And then I realized what she was doing, and I was like, okay, I'm on board, and I helped yeah, her. I can get so, into this. Yeah, I can get into I can, it. I can, I can get enrolled in this. Um, I just want to do a little Sundance recap before we talk about Please do. Warren. Please do. Um, so I got to see five movies this year. I was pretty proud of that. Awesome. In a couple days. Love that. That's good. Uh, I saw a movie called Stockholm, Pennsylvania. Great. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. Jason Isaac's movie. My oh, friend yeah. Jake, who I stay with, his family is very close with... Uh, Jason Isaac, so we got to go with him. Oh, cool! And he, in real life, he's the nicest guy ever, and in the movie, he plays a kidnapper. Oh my <laughs> so it's like really? such an awkward thing to f- know someone in real life as so nice, and then watch him on screen, and he was just and his character's like dark just, and yeah, yeah. He abducts a little girl. Oh and my he, gosh! It, it's crazy. It's a good movie though. Jason Isaacs is in it. Cynthia Nixon from Sex and City plays the mom of the girl. Wonderful. And Swarza Ronan, you know from uh, she's from like Lovely Bones and uh, Atonement. Yes. yes, she plays a little girl who gets she's abducted. Wonderful. But yeah. it's basically like she returns home to her family, but mm-hmm. she'd rather be with her kidnapper. <sighs> 
Stockholm Syndrome. Wow. That's a crazy, interesting, crazy movie. It's yeah. kind of like Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. It's like but a bad the relationship. Kind a of. very bad relationship. Yes. yes. Yeah. So there I saw that. And then I saw a movie called Diary of a Teenage Girl. Did you hear about that? Um, yes, I did hear about that. So that yes. one, Kristen Wiig, Alexander Skarsgård. Love me some Kristen Wiig. Love her. Yeah. And then uh, there's this newcomer in it. Her name is Belle Powley. Okay. British girl. She's like 23, but she plays 15. And her character, so she, her mom is Kristen Wiig. Her mom's boyfriend is Alexander Skarsgård. She's in love with her mom's boyfriend. Wow. And a relationship ensues between the girl and her mom's boyfriend. It sounds crazy, but it's actually more of a comedy. And really? it takes place in 1976, so it's a little more of a free I like it. Vibe. A little <laughs> a spicy. Yeah. <laughs> sounds interesting. Um, but I think, I, the reason I bring it up is because I think a year from now people will be talking about this girl. Right. Uh, Belle Powley. I was in the theater and I texted a friend of mine who's casting a movie right now and he needs a high school age girl. And I go meet this girl. And, 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 and did he meet her? He wrote to her agent and he had him. Uh, this was a Friday and he met with her Tuesday. Great. Back in LA. Is it happening? Is it happening? I don't know. It's hard because she's so new that it's hard to convince, you know, financiers right. of course. to bank on this girl. But a year it's from now, hard, yeah. she'll be nominated for an Oscar. I believe so. And he'll look like a genius. Exactly. Uh, the other movies I saw, I saw a movie called Mistress America. Okay. Noah Baumbach movie. Nice. You like Noah Baumbach? I do love my, myself some. <laughs> His movies are kind of like yours, actually. They're kind of that Woody Allen Thank you. vibe. He, he wrote this one with Greta Gerwig, who's his real oh. life girlfriend. Right? Oh, right. Yeah. Yes, that's and right. she that stars is- in it. So the two of them have come up with this kind of genre of their own, which are these... Right. No, Francis Ha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so it's Greta Gerwig, and then she has a stepsister to be played by this girl, Lola Kirk. Okay. Who's another one who's going to blow up. That's what I like about See, Sundance. I like that you're on top of this stuff. See? Right? You, write you, me. you should be casting and, and producing and yeah. doing everything. Yeah. But next time you need, you know, girls in their 20s that are up and coming to be your love interest in a movie, done. You have to write me because I saw a lot of them at, I at Sundance. Write, yeah. uh, the other two movies were a movie called Experimenter with Peter Sarsgaard. Okay. Uh, Kellen Lutz, who's been on the podcast, he plays William Shatner in the movie. No way. Because it's based on a real guy who wrote uh, the book Obedience uh, to Authority. <sighs> and so Stanley Milgram, and he did all these experiments on people mm-hmm. to show how kind of like when you have an authority figure telling you what to do, you'll do anything, which yeah. he was trying to explain why people did what they did in the Holocaust because someone was telling them to do it. Right. And so in real life, they ended up making like a campy TV show about this guy. And William Shatner was in the TV show about the guy. So Kellen plays William Shatner in the TV show about the guy. It's very crazy. Yeah. It's all very meta. Very meta. meta. Very. I like that. Um, But yeah, so we got to go to that premiere with Kellen. And then the last one was called Last Days in the Desert. Rodrigo Garcia movie. You know, Rodrigo Garcia. Yes. And uh, Ewan McGregor's in it. He plays Jesus. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So I heard very, this is brilliant, it, but it's tonight. also yeah. It's just it's and actually, I mean, I thought I didn't know if it was like a story from the Bible. I didn't know what it was. It turned yeah, out it's a completely original. His idea of what went on in the desert. Oh right, for the forty days. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's just his just, take on it. Right. Which I, I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah. Until it was over, I was like, oh, he made that up. I was like, I thought he got that from. It. I thought it was like a story. Well, yeah. No, know? and like in the Bible, there's like these like, and then Jesus went to the desert for forty days, and you're <laughs> right. like, wait, wait, what happened then? You right. know what I mean? So there's, like, you know, there's an opportunity there. Yeah. Make exactly. a movie about it, um, and also Jake Abnett's dad is good friends with Rodrigo Garcia. So it was fun this year because it was so many people that we knew, yeah, celebrating their movies, and so that's cool. When you and I go there with our movies, well, yeah, we'll know what that we'll feels like. <laughs> um, exactly. So okay, let's talk about your movie. You just got back after Sundance. You went on this little whirlwind press tour for your movie Warren. You went back to Chicago, your hometown. Yes. Um, you know, it was really cool. We hadn't, we had not screened in Chicago. We'd spent the last year, uh, touring festivals and doing all that and screening all over, which was a lot of fun and, and, and just such an honor. Um, and then it was, so it was very cool to bring it home and kind of where we had shot the movie. Right. And um, do our Chicago premiere. We did it with the Midwest Independent Film Festival, and a friend of mine, uh, Mike McNamara, runs it. And he was so important to helping get the movie made in the sense that, like, he put us in touch with like all these people that really were pivotal in helping get this thing going. And um, so it was kind of nice to to screen it with his festival, and right. then um, and then we did, you know, I, I did, uh, I did I got to do Fox News this morning. I did this uh, show called uh, You and Me this morning at WCIU. It was just 
it was cool. And then Bill Zwecker did a write up, and the Tribune did a write up. It was just uh, well, it's a hometown kid. Yeah, like, it was coming cool. Back. It was very very cool. Uh, to, did you get to invite friends that you grew up with? Yeah, yeah. There were some people there that I'd grown up with. Some of my my second grade and like fourth grade teacher. You know, my oh, teachers were there. My music teacher was there. My second grade teacher was there. <laughs> it was like very interesting to have them there, and they were they were so supportive and loved it. And did anyone kind of say they always knew you? would be doing this kind of thing one day um yeah actually it's, it was really cool to hear like my music teacher say because uh, i i get you know i gave her a very hard time i was always in trouble and getting kicked out of class and she goes well those are the ones that really uh go on and do some some great good things. we always so had a I. feeling about you yeah <laughs> good. yeah so that's good. a good sign for all of us yeah uh, that's yeah. probably why we get along exactly, exactly and it also you know what for me it wasn't that i was trying to misbehave at all yeah i just I, it was hard for me to just sit silently and just listen for 40 minutes. Absolutely. Like I, I had to either entertain or make someone laugh. Uh, or Yeah. And I was, I couldn't handle sitting down. I just, right. I was like causing a ruckus because I just didn't know what else to do. And right. It wasn't it about was, being bad. I was just no, yeah. kind of bored. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed the, probably the drama, which um, plenty of people that have... <laughs> spend time with me would understand uh, <laughs> personal relationships might uh, t- understand that but I, I think I like stirring things up a little right, bit right. Um, uh, so yeah, I look forward to bringing a movie back to my hometown just for the teachers to then exactly. say the same thing exactly I that just was need a that rewarding moment yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that is really a little cool. bit of a validating moment <laughs> right it's like, like see I wasn't yeah I wasn't uh, I wasn't a deadbeat asshole, yeah <laughs> um, what about like friends from high school and um yeah. I, how does that even start? When you know you're doing a premiere in your hometown, how do you start with the inviting? Are people I mean, like Facebook? Or? Yeah, I guess on Facebook I just announced it a bunch. It actually sold out pretty fast. Right, so it I was would like imagine. people asking me like, hey, can I get in? And how do I get in? I was like, well, I mean, you kind of just need to show up and see if you can get in. <laughs> right. You know, um, did have... Uh, there, there, it was cool. There were there were some people that showed up out of the war, kind of came out of the woodwork and were like, "I saw the movie and I loved it and congratulations." And that was very cool. Uh, people from the past and certain ladies from the past, if you will, right. uh, that knocking saw, on your door. Yeah, no, I don't know about knocking. I think they're all <laughs> married now, but uh, yeah, at least at least just saying, "Hey, I saw it," and, and getting that kind of moment was was cool. I, I think you're you're actually you're kind of trying to get into that a little bit, Brad. Here, you're asking me some. Well, no, I, I said high school friends. You no, took I know. it to the romance. Oh, I did take it to the romance level. Yeah. I did actually. Well, I was just thinking because it's like that's a big deal to come home. I mean, premieres are every day yeah. here in LA. Yeah, but a premiere in your hometown and I you're know. the filmmaker. It was, and very I should cool. say you wrote it directly. Did it start in it? Produced it? You did everything yeah. on this movie. Yeah, and I and I did have a good team of producers that came along uh, side finally to 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 actually make the movie with me. But yeah, but uh, yeah, it is very it's very cool, and and I'm very grateful to be to have been able to do that and make it in my hometown. And uh, you know the 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 film office opened the doors for us, and we you know we got to shoot on. <laughs> Shoot on Lakeshore Drive and close the close the close the street down every twenty minute intervals with yeah. with, a, with a police you know a police escort you know what I mean it was very it was very it definitely cool. right like it's not yeah. just a movie that takes place in Chicago it was shot in Chicago and All it looks like city. Chicago yeah, yeah. Um, I got to see the movie for the first time it was like almost two years ago I think was that it? Wow. you did a screening I think May twenty thirteen um, yeah wow which is oh it doesn't gosh, feel like that long ago. Ago. it's a year and a half let's just <laughs> okay let's say a year and a half but that no, it was the first time. one it was it, I wouldn't say rough cut but it was yeah. the first one you were ready to show right it was pretty polished it was a rough it was definitely uh, uh, our, our cut that we showed to people to get feedback and and Brett. Brett, ladies and gentlemen, was very helpful and had some really great notes, actually, um, that we did put in there. Actually, the second time I saw the movie, I was happy. I was actually happy because sometimes you give people notes and they don't want to or they do their own thing, but you were really open to it. And I think the finished product was a culmination of all like the advice that you got. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like you're so engulfed. I was so engulfed in the creative and knowing what everything. I mean, the story. You're so. I'm so. I was so entrenched in. It, right. it, it's hard to get some perspective. So it's nice, and I was very open to hear to have thoughts and ideas because at that point you're so completely, you know, blinded by your own. <laughs> you know, you're so engulfed in it, and so yeah. even the editor and our producers are like, "Yeah, please, anyone." Give us some thoughts. How does it feel? What goes on? What's going on? You know, and so it was. It was good to have that. Yeah, yeah. you assembled a room of pretty influential creative people. Yeah, in it was your cool. Life. It was really cool. And then it, did surveys after. Yeah. I remember after that first screening, I said to you, I was like, "This is like your Annie Hall." I, and I remember <laughs> I was like, "If you never make anything else, you'll always have made this movie." Meaning, like, this is one to be really proud of because it's so you. You know, it's like anyone who knows you, it's like from the acting standpoint to the right, you made right. something that's like. You could hand that off to someone, and you're, and this it's is like, what this I is do. what I'm about, right? Yeah. These yeah. are the kind of movies I make. This is who I am. Right. 
and it's it becomes a calling card and now yeah. now anyone who sees it will know that that's like what yeah. you're about it's exciting it's 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 super cool to have that it's like uh, on a on a bigger level but on a small scale it's like having a t-shirt company and you get to go <laughs> say hey go buy a shirt and you get to get people go buy and now it's like i got this movie that people can go buy on itunes and, and amazon and google play and vimeo and yeah, how does it's that really happen? Cool. What, it, what date did it premiere? Last a week ago, right? Uh, the third, yeah, February third. So, so February third, so, and yeah. it's just and it's, they all, it comes out on everything the same day. It's, it was it's on everything in the same day, and people can buy it and watch it whenever they want, and it's cool because because you know now it's like people can buy it whenever they want, and I've been getting random messages going. <laughs> I watched Warren, I loved it. It was really and that's kind of cool. Just people on their own time are now. It's right. like having your first record on iTunes, and now you go make your next record, and then people will buy it. You know, it's it's very it's right. Really cool. While you're busy making your next movie, people yeah. are going to slowly find it and sure respond. And that's what's cool too is like, whenever someone watches it, like happens upon it on iTunes, it'll be the first time they know anything about it. Yeah, it's a whole new experience for them. Even yeah, even though you've lived with it for so many exactly and so many um, years. Yeah, and people probably I don't know on the pages they might see it and go, oh, what is that? And people I don't even know. Yeah, you know, who knows? It's 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 exciting. It's got a good poster. Thank so you. it will get people to stop when they're <laughs> yeah. clicking by. Thank you. Um, Jory Cordy designed that poster. That was good. JoryCordy.com. You're on it, and Sarah Hables on it. Sarah Hables on it. Please, yep. your love interest. Yep. yep. Um, so the second time I saw the movie was when it premiered for the Bel Air Film Festival. Ah, uh, yes. And the premiere was at Soho House, which is That's a swanky uh, place for a premiere. It was swanky. We had and that comfortable was comfortable seats. <laughs> very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, too comfortable. I almost. know. I, I know. I know. Uh, I know. But, uh, no one fell asleep. No, no one fell asleep. But, um, <laughs> But how was that? Like once it was at the film festival and yeah. Bel Air, and I know you did a bunch of other ones. What was that experience like? Um, that was really cool. Um, my, my actually my sister and brother in law flew out for that. And, oh right, and, and you know got to hang around town for a few days and got to see them. And and then, uh, but it was it was really cool to, to screen it in L A. Los Angeles after being out here for so long and feeling like you know been talking about this movie for a while <laughs> and having people come out and see it. And that was really great. I mean that was that was cool. And then you know. They were so generous to give me the the best directing award, which was very cool. That's right. And we won best, uh, best Gene Smart won best actress, and we also won best dire- editing. And so, uh, really, yeah, it was, it was really cool to. And then you know, so how so house is great, and so it was, it was a fun time. Yeah. yeah, but I know what you mean. It's like we that's probably the question you get the most out here when you're in this business, which yeah. is like, what are you working on? I know. And it's like, how many years can you say you're working on something I, until yeah. it comes out? I know. And then yeah. you just be like, okay, stop asking me. Yeah. Here's the way. Here, here you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now it's cool to have that trailer. Just at least people can go see the trailer and they're all, you know, it, it's good to finally have that for sure. Yeah. And after, I mean, I had, I came out here in 07 with a short film called sugar. Right. And then uh, in the back pocket was Warren always. And I've been, it was working to get that made for so long. Yeah. So let's talk about the origin. Cause it all starts with the script. Right. You wrote the script, weren't you back in 2007? Is that when you wrote it? No, I wrote it. Um, I wrote, Earlier? I had the idea in 2003. Wow. And uh, I was writing notes for three years, uh, from being on the road with a guy named Matt Wirtz in 04 and me, you know, getting to know all about the entertainment business. And then, I uh, moved back to Chicago in 05 and did Second City and I.O., Improv Olympic, and performed and did improv. And then I started you know, incorporating things and learning things and growing and doing my own thing and living life. And then 06, I actually uh, went on a run. I was like, please, God, give me the outline and came back and wrote it for two and a half hours, the outline. And then two weeks later, I don't know, it was just like a Friday. It was raining. It was a perfect setting, guys. Perfect setting. <laughs> and uh, it was a lo- I was living in this loft in the West Loop. And... Uh, of Chicago and uh, I just started writing I wrote 30 pages on a Friday and then the next morning I woke up on a Saturday and wrote 80 pages and just wrote this thing out amazing two days after three years of notes and then and then, it, isn't it amazing how that happens? It's like all of a sudden yeah. it just you get a burst of it yeah. and you can't stop and you pull all nighters. I know, yeah. Like it, people think it takes months to write a script. It, it does. Can, it can, yeah. But I think it's really just a few long nights in between. Right. And a lot of build up yep. and then a lot of like Yeah, I mean aftermath. some people like the five page days and the six page days and they, they, they write for a month and they write the script or for me I just I'm I think it's I don't want to keep saying I have ADD, but it's like that kind of like you're so you just I, I like to get it done right and 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 it just comes out right. and it's one of those things I'm, and so I'm the same like I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to sleep until it's done yeah exactly <laughs> so I may it, as well it's it. kind of more convenient that way too because then you can get back to your whatever it, writing takes time and yeah. it, takes, it takes work and it's uh, so we're in those two days is that when most of the story that, that we end up seeing right that's when it came out that's, that's when everything kind of was when I wrote everything out and um, your character. 
Warren, who you play the lead, Warren, Warren, he is actually in an improv group. Yeah. So that came from a real that, experience. Yeah, I was uh, an improv shoot back in Chicago called The Rhythm Method. And uh, <laughs> we uh, do musical improv. And I did, you know, all this, uh, growing up with the guys at Improv Olympic and doing, doing, yeah, uh, it just was one of those things. I, he was, I made him an improviser because there's a lot of that, like, floating around doing improv and right. working at a coffee shop and, or doing some day job that you're not really passionate about. Have you ever had a day job like that or no? Um, thank God, not for a while, but right. in, uh, in, uh, back in Kentucky or back, even in high school, I've always, you know, my dad, everyone, you know, my parents were like, you need to work. So I was a bagger at a grocery store. Oh wow! Then I worked at Blockbuster and was called phone boy. <laughs> so I was always on the phone, which is a little preview of my life now. Wow. Always on the phone. No, but, uh, and then, and then, um, and then I was at uh, Starbucks, and then I uh, and I then I was that. at Starbucks a lot, and I did work in coffee for a while, and so got it. So now the rant that yeah. happens in the movie makes yeah, a little came, more sense. It came from my bitter, like <laughs> don't have a job. I work at a coffee shop, and bitter at the people that make actual money and are adults. Honestly, right. so let, let's you know, like uh, yeah, Warren Warren's coming from a place of like. You guys are adults, and I'm not yet, but I'm you know figuring it out as I go. Right, and uh, so I think that came from a place of like bitterness towards like what what it, what it actually takes to grow up. Right, uh, and the, yeah, the character basically feels like he's stuck in a rut. Sure, and his sure. parents are gonna are going through a divorce after many years. Yeah, of five years together. of just prolonging it. Oh, right, yeah, the right. divorce has been happening for yeah, five, exactly. but they were together for many years mm-hmm. up until that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, your father's selling. Your childhood home—it's t- getting torn down. Yeah, he's it's sold, getting torn yeah, down, but he's yeah. painting it. Yeah, he's painting it anyway. Anyway, and uh, you run into your ex-girlfriend who's now engaged. I mean, a lot happens to this guy. Yeah, he's yeah he's doing, he has a lot to handle. He's dealing with a lot. Yeah, and she's now engaged, and there was old love there, and there's you know it's a story about him kind of getting to grip, coming to grips with what he needs to do with his life, and not wanting to make the mistakes that his dad made or anyone else around. Him. Now, did any of that come from real life, or a lot of that was um, fiction? It's a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit, uh, you know, embellished, you know, into a story. I made it into a, its own narrative. Um, it's it's drawn from things, you know, and, and my dad does actually tell a lot of stories about his time in Mexico. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Uh, and he did stuff. always own, he still has an old Porsche, an old, that's sitting in Tucson. But anyway, uh, he did always have old Porsches growing up, and I always loved those cars. And, um, you know, the Porsche became just a... It just became a symbol of freedom. Yeah, it's and, an important part of the movie. It's, yeah, it's sitting in the garage. Exactly, it just became a vehicle to his freedom, so huh. to speak. You know? Literally. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was a. And the, the, I created the story. The Jack, Jack, his dad, played by John Hurd, who's fantastic in the movie, um, didn't ever use the car to do the thing he really wanted to do. Right. And so now it just Warren, held on to it. Yeah, and held on and sitting in the car collecting dust and cl- sitting in the garage collecting dust. And now Warren gets to decide if he's going to do that or or use use the vehicle for something that he could do and become the man he wants to be yeah and get out of his town exactly yeah which his dad never did um it's interesting how movies become like a patchwork of your life like that yeah like the porsche is a real thing and for sure you know and you put it all in there and you just yeah create this whole world i it, it is very interesting and it's i mean i don't know any writer that doesn't write what he knows i don't know any painter that doesn't paint Right. The thing that just is what is in his heart or what's in her heart or just, it just, yeah, this movie for sure was over the course of like 10 years of things that were happening in my life and I just put them in there and they, you know, and, and I, I, it's really liberating making the movie and yeah. letting it be out there now and, and getting actually, it's, it's a close to an old chapter right. and now this is the next phase of my life is a new chapter of newness and new things, you know, yeah. which is really well, cool. Yeah. This movie opens the door to that. New yeah. Chapter. Um, so you mentioned John Hurd. Let's talk about the cast mm-hmm. because you did get a really good cast because it's an independent movie, right? Yes. And sometimes it's hard to attract, you know, well-known actors to do little independent movies. Very hard. Um, so your parents in the movie, you mentioned John Hurd. He plays mm-hmm. your dad, Jack. Yes. yes. Great name. My dad's name is Jack. I know. It's a solid uh, name. I love <laughs> that great name. It's a great dad name. name. Yeah. Uh, so how did you get John Hurd? You sent him the script? Well, yeah. So, uh, um, you know, Dallas Saunier, who was my manager for a while and was a producer on the movie, uh, Dallas read this in 2009 and flipped out and loved it. And um, over the course of the next few years, finally us sitting down in 2012, I mean, this is like three years of trying to get this thing a- yeah. going. People don't realize how long it takes. No, it takes a long time, plus all the years of the writing and everything. <laughs> yeah. um, but Dallas and I uh, sat down and we're like, we got to make this movie. This is ridiculous. And <laughs> so I had all these leads on money. 
finally, uh, you know, honestly, like it was just some blessing phone calls that came out of the blue that were like, I'll actually do this amount. And you're like, okay, that's going to get us going. And so this guy going, all right. And Mark Hanna coming in and producing with me. Um, so was it, closed- was it cast contingent? Did they want certain actors? Or? No, actually they okay. just, people believed in, in me and the it. script and, and the people involved, the team and, uh, as a filmmaker. And I'd made these short films to try to, to actually offset that uncertainty as much as I can, which right. I recommend any filmmaker go and make shorts and, and, and just prove themselves through that method uh, unless they somehow get a magical golden ticket which I don't know if that's coming guys but <laughs> but uh but close the money and then we were in prep and and now into casting and and Dallas was smart in saying we need to close the money before we're going to go cast this thing which is which is which is fine cuz a lot of movies they get attachments and then they just something nothing it just doesn't go and, right you want to be able to tell the actor yeah, this we are is this is our start date this is finance exactly so that's what we needed and to do with this offer. yeah we did this so so i had seen john hurt obviously growing up in big and home alone and yeah, he's loved the dad in home alone it was amazing Love it. And then what I did, what really moved me for him was actually um, Brian Jones' movie Steel City, and, and he against uh, th- uh, Thomas Guyrie, Tom Guyrie, Tom Guyrie, yeah, right, sounds right, and, yeah. He's uh, the he's uh, Smalls in uh, Sandlot. Okay, right. And um, I know that's not it. That can't be his name. It is his name. Anyway, don't don't quote me. But anyway, he plays the father in 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 Steel City, and man, John Hurd is so fantastic and so strong in that movie. And I, it just stuck with me that performance. And so when I, we knew we were kind of dealing with our limit, our budget. And I said, well, let's go get John Hurd. And we went to his manager. Dallas went to his manager, and he read it and loved it. Wow. And he called me while I was at a Bears so he, game. He was your first choice. My first choice. Yeah, he called me while I was at a Bears game. He said, <laughs> Alex, it's John Hurd. And I was like, oh gosh, you know, we're watching the Bears game in <laughs> Chicago. And he goes, I, I love your movie. And I was like, well, thank you. This is amazing. And he, and he said, I want to do it. And so, oh, that'd be a great moment to see you sitting in the stadium of a Bears he, he, game, on a, a phone call on a phone call with John Hurd. It's a good thing you picked up. He, yeah, exactly. I know. So, what did the what did you have John Hurd in your caller ID, or what did that look like? No, or you just, just picked a, up an unknown number. Because I, I usually you know don't pick up unknown numbers. You know, I think what's interesting is that I met John Hurd at the Beverly Hills Hotel in like 2007 at, or 2008 at an Oscar party with David ah. Dasmalchin, star of Prisoners, ah. who's a good dear friend of mine, old friend, and, and, and his career is going great. But John, uh, Dave and I went to these, used to bounce around to these Oscar parties, as Brett knows, uh, <laughs> who's the gatekeeper on a lot of them. Uh, and we met John randomly, and I knew him from Steel City, obviously from the other movies, big movies, Home Alone and Big, but... I don't. Th- I wonder if I think he did. I think it. I think I still had his number. Anyway, he called and I said, "Of course, I love it. I can't wait." And then um, I love that he was your first choice too. Yeah, it's awesome. You knew what you wanted. Yeah. You visualized it. You yeah. made it happen. Exactly. And and then um, so he was the first attachment. He was the fr- uh, besides you, right? He was the first. And then we got. Uh, and then Gene Smart was. Um, She's I a great. I love Gene Smart. Everyone I love you, Gene. I miss you. I want to see you soon. She um, plays your mom. She plays my mom. Claire. She's lovely. Like Claire. you said, she won Best Actress for this at the yeah, Bel Air Film Festival. Pretty Jean good. actually lives right around here. Um, <laughs> she does. Gonna find her. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, but her and over. Zena, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so Jean uh, was just she. She was just like she was also my first choice for this mother. Amazing. She's such a pro. She is a pro. Like, I feel like she doesn't require that many takes, dude. She's. Amazing. She gets the set and she's totally prepared. She yeah. has this, she knows the tone. She is this character. She was this, you know, she, I, so we went to her, Scott Henderson, her agent, William Morris passed on the, the script and passed the script along to her and she loved it. And she called me and also was totally excited about it. I and was that. like, Alex, I, you know, got to tell you, 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 the script made me cry. And I was like, what? Uh, that's the best. Yeah. And so that was really cool. And to have these actors that have read so many scripts and right. been around for so long and, and are so experienced and, and seasoned to read your material and actually want to do it is very flattering. And I think it's also works the other way too, that for them to find out that they're your first choice and mm-hmm. you wrote it with them in mind. I mean, there are so many actors out there and they know that that can yes. play your mom and dad. So I think to them, part of them is like, wow, that's an honor that right. you want me to play this role. It's very cool. So it's, but it works both ways. Yeah. So that was really cool. And so then, now you have your parents cast and yeah. now your love interest. This is very important. So this was very important. Orion Williams, the producer of a movie called control and, and big sir and some other movies is, Oh yeah. I've met him big, with you. He's a good man. He's yeah. a good, he's a good friend. And, 
he came on board and he was the guy who helped with uh, meeting a lot of actresses and um, that must have been fun. That was fun. a lot of fun. It's <laughs> tough meeting. It's tough uh, meeting beautiful women and actresses. Uh, no, but we sat. How down. many how many girls did you meet? Yeah, we met we met quite a few actually. Two hundred uh, girls. Two hundred <laughs> ladies, and it was uh, it was no, uh, how it many was really, really tough. Think? No, was we it? actually probably met about a lot thirty or forty. Wow. I we just I just couldn't find the role. I loved all. They were all lovely. Um, it's a chemistry thing. Too. It, it is, and um, and man, like man, I. It was just hard. It was hard. This girl had to be like so introspective and and had a sadness to her, and she's beautiful, and she was has a longing. You know, I don't know. There was just something about Emma Emma that I just couldn't find. Right. She's it. actually yeah right. Even though she's in a relationship with another guy, she's sweet. She's, she's not like sweet. vindictive. She's not yes. trying to cheat on her boyfriend. It's no. like yeah. yeah, you have to find like a vulnerable right, and so. Loyal girl. We didn't find her in L.A. Wow. Um, and we went to pre-production and still had no girl, really? no lead. And and so we're in prep about 10 or 12 days out still, and I'm on the cheat <laughs> I'm check. just imagining like the uh, movie without Yeah, it's insane. You, you don't do the movie without the girl. <laughs> and I think it's hilarious that, and that the priorities were like, get the movie made. Oh, well, we need the girl and the editor. We don't have an editor either, so uh, but uh, we're going to get the movie made anyway. We'll figure it's like, out. We'll figure it out. I was right. like... Which is a longer other conversation that we can talk about, which right. I actually do. I actually am behind the notion of let's set a, you set a start date yeah. and you go and right. it will happen. Yes. You, your, your wor- words are very powerful and committing to something is very powerful and getting a movie made requires uh, so many elements. And so we set the start date, we had the money and we went and look like I was on G chat with our, our costume designer, Lizzie Cook. It was lovely. Hmm. And Lizzie and I were chatting. I was like, hey, yeah, we still don't have the girl. And she's like, well, I'm, she was on downstairs. At the, we, were, we were set up at a, at a studio in Chicago, and they were shooting underemployed, MTV's underemployed yes. downstairs. Yes. And uh, Craig Wright's show. And um, we, were, we were chatting, and she goes, well, listen, Sarah Habel is on the show. She's lovely. She, we're going, about to go to lunch. So why don't you come down for lunch? I went down for lunch, and Sarah was at the table. We just had an amazing uh, interaction. She's lovely and beautiful and, and just so cool. That's really and, cool. And I met her, and she was perfect, and she read the script. And me- she said, I want to do your movie. And I was like, well, you've never read your, my movie. And she goes, well, I want to do it anyway. I was like, well, you need to read the script. So <laughs> right. I sent her the script, and she flipped out, and she called me, and she loved it. And um, then we cast her in the movie. And, um wow. She's just super cool. There's a lesson and there too, is in that you didn't settle. You knew you hadn't found her yet. Yeah, exactly. Because you easily could have just picked one of the forty girls from L.A. and right, exactly. done it, but you yeah. wouldn't have been happy. And she is. Yeah, I mean, she does live in L.A., but she was. We found her in Chicago, right. which is so interesting. I mean, I have a buddy who did not want to leave L.A. and his wife had to go back for some family stuff, and he's a director, and he was, you know, he's like, I don't want to leave L.A., you know, and he went back to L.A. and went to a party, a Christmas party in Texas, and the guy he met financed his movie. And right. It's like one of those things where you just, you just, you, you know, doors open in some amazing ways. Yeah, got to follow um, your gut. You do, you do, and and, and, and it's really cool how, how, how things happen. So how did that work with her shooting underemployed and your movie at the same time? No, no, no. She finished she up wrapped. underemployed, and, oh, okay. then, and they wrapped, and then she was perfect. flew her back to Chicago. She went back to L.A. for a moment and then flew back to Chicago, and she was actually engaged and wanted to use the ring, wow. her engaged ring, and she <laughs> used it in the movie. And, Is um, she still engaged? She's married now and has okay. a kid. Uh, she has a she's kid? She's a kid, yeah. Sarah has a kid. She's, oh a lot uh, happens she's, in a few she, years. I know. It all happened. All, magical things happen. Wow. In time. So life sort of was imitating the art of it the movie. It kind of was. But I don't want to give away the ending. No, don't, don't give, away, don't the give away the ending. Um, but, uh, the yeah, engagement part. Yeah. That, that's interesting, too. Sarah played it very much. She played it engaged. She played it as yes. if she was engaged and the character was in- engaged. And Well, that's what I liked about it. It wasn't about you trying to steal her from her new boyfriend. No. It was literally about trying to find closure. This is an ex. This, you were together for five years or th- right, hadn't right. seen each other, hadn't in, five seen each other in five years. And yeah. so this is like you need closure with this ex. There's still feelings there. Yeah. You haven't left the town. She's left and now she's back. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. And her fiance yes, in the movie. Uh, Mr. Austin Stoll, Austin Stoll our who's, good friend. He's been on this podcast. Where is Austin? Austin. 
Austin's in New York filming a big Steven Spielberg show. That's right. That's for right. TNT called yeah. Public Morals. But yeah, he I, was in your movie before Steven Spielberg knew who he was. That's right. And he plays Emma's fiance, Ted. Correct. And, and I, he was cast kind of to be the douchebag in the movie. Well, I mean, yes. And I think he would be okay with that. Um, <laughs> right. In real life, he's not a douchebag. He's not at all. Actually, I was just with him the other night, and we were having a great time at Bird's, uh, <laughs> oh, one yeah. of his local hangs. Well, uh, you know, I think believe he began as a bartender at Bird's. He was. And there he was, was a big he, time he tables there, too. I mean, he was, yeah, and now he's a big time actor. And he loves to go back there. Like, some people would maybe never go back. No, but he goes back. He's like, it's like his home bar. Yeah, it's every awesome. time he books a role, he celebrates there. It's, yeah. It's, it's very thing. cool. His brother's awesome, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so... But you guys didn't know each other. No, so we didn't know each other. So actually... Uh, Charlie Jennings was a, was a, was yes. a very much of a helpful friend of this project. He's an agent he's at a, CAA. He's an agent at a creative artist agency. <laughs> yes. Uh, I saw him at every screening at Sundance. He dude, he's, I know. I saw him. I, we hung out a lot there. He's yeah. such a great guy. So, and, so and, cool. and so it's cool. What's also great is having support in the agencies and the agents. Right. Because they are the gatekeepers. Right. Good and bad. Right. Even, if the, close, actor, right. Even if the actor wants to do it, they can kind they can of have close, a final set. Yeah. And they also will open the gates if they, if if, they, if they feel that, like, right. you know, if, 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 uh, if, uh, you know, if everything aligns. And yeah. so, so, um, so did you audition a lot of people for Ted? No, actually. So we met, I met people for Ted. Uh, look, we didn't have a casting director on this movie wow, and we didn't really? really have money to cast this thing. We didn't have money to have sessions. So we did cast in Chicago, local casting with, uh, Mickey, Pascal and Jennifer Rudnicki, uh, okay. uh, Pascal Rudnicki casting, and they were lovely, and they cast all the Chicago parts. But, um, but uh, we uh, so CA was very helpful. Um, John Sachs over there very helpful, and yeah. Charlie Jennings, and 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 so so they pitched Austin to you. They, they pitched Austin, and 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 Dallas knew Austin, so we we set up a meeting. I met him at the one on one coffee shop, the, the swinger the swinger spot, <laughs> right? And um, I I hired him right away. I really? met him. I met him with Orion, and and I thought he was fantastic, and and he was great, and we just had a great. We hit it off as friends. Um, Do you know how I found out he was doing the movie? It was Instagram. Because, no way, because he was cause shooting there. Or well, something? I was following. I follow Austin on Instagram. I follow you on Instagram. Yeah. I knew you went to Chicago to make a movie. Mm-hmm. I knew he went to Chicago to make a movie. Until I saw a picture of you guys together with like the hashtag Warren. Oh, that's right. And I realized it was the same movie, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" You know, I kind of regret not. We didn't. I was very tight on posting anything for some reason. I think that's something that is is okay to do. I well, think now I think now, that was three, two, three. That was years yeah, ago. 2012. Yeah. It was still kind of like I don't want people to right. But now it's part now of the process. Just do it. You don't do it. Yeah. You know, even like you know, because still the movie is. The movie is a different experience. Well, as long as you don't give away plot points, right. I think there's something about taking the audience along yes. during the making of it. And, and then, then when they see the movie, the way, yeah. right. And then they see the movie, they're like, oh, I remember that day. Correct. When, you know. Yeah, it's great. And yeah. so. It's so fun I, to see behind the scenes. I mean, you and I are probably the type that watched <laughs> the making ofs on DVDs. Of and course, always. It's so cool. Director's commentaries. Yeah, of course. In fact, I still need to go. I'll get to go do that over at Siren, who did our sound. I oh, you're going to do a director's commentary? Com- I want to do that. Yeah, oh, it'll be good. fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I cast Austin. He was fantastic. And then. Yeah. And, then, and he and, plays that part perfectly. Yeah. Because the truth is like. Uh, it's an, it's not a love triangle because he doesn't know that no. you guys are hanging out. No, and he so, plays it plays it very you know yeah. he's like a businessman. He right, he's very straight, straight, and he's just strong and right. good. Yeah, he's fantastic. And you're not necessarily wishing that she leaves him for you. You're rooting for Warren, but no, you also yeah. realize she's in a deep yeah. situation. She's living with her fiance. Exactly, and that's that's happening. Right. It's going. So you did a good job casting that role. And, and then uh, CIA was also very helpful with. Um, with uh, with uh, Andrew Santino yeah, and Nick plays, Rutherford, yeah, and Andrew plays your best friend Rob. He plays my best. He's friend actually, Rob. I think, the first time I saw him was War- in Warren, and he's also blown up since then too. Blown up, he's doing very well. You and really um, we found these little you these, found these people gems, right man. before, yeah. I know, actually, actually, Andrew came to uh, Hugo's Frog Bar in Chicago. <laughs> Thank you guys, and we had a dinner with Gene Smart and and Andrew, and it was such a cool dinner, man. We sat in the ele- it's called the elevator booth or whatever, and it's an old <laughs> elevator. Uh, but it was so cool to sit down and have dinner with Gene. It was so cool and Andrew and get to know everybody. It was just a fun time. It was pretty surreal. Yeah. It was very surreal. Yeah. But it's kind of cool that you never get used to it, I think. No. It's, you don't yeah. ever want to get used to it. I know. I know. You don't. <laughs> you don't. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was great. And then Nunez, I wrote that part for oh, the right. Steven part, yeah. the, the barista part. <laughs> and I wrote that for Joe. And he, I fought for him. And he got there. He got to Chicago. And he played the part. And people love him. And yeah. This kid Spencer came out of nowhere from Chicago casting, and he really played the brother part well. Oh yeah, very just solid. And so yeah, it's it's cool, man. We got a lot of great people, and Bruce Jarko is a um, Jarcho. 
Jarcho, <laughs> Bruce, he'll kill me. I can't ever say his name right. But um, we were in, we were at the Q and A at the at the festival just last week. I was like Jarcho, Jarcho, Jarcho. <laughs> but Bruce is a seasoned Second City guy, uh, and he really embodied this like Copley character, the Cop- the character of this guy who, but kind of is based on Del Del Close and an old. He's an old like you know he's his he's his landlord and his old acting his old improv coach. Right. And I, when I met. Bruce, I was like, this guy's got it, and the, the way he just played it, just so yeah. What's you know, his quote? That he says, he says, follow, he says, follow the fear. He says, you know, you know, Warren's like, well, what is that? What, is it? what do you what do you mean? He goes, well, first you have to be afraid of something, you know, follow that, and it's like great line, trailer well, see, moment. It is a trailer moment, and and follow the fear came from my first improv class in Chicago in two thousand five. Jay Suko was my first teacher, and he taught us the Del Close, the C, you know, the improv god, the guy who started improv uh, in Chicago. Um, Del always said, "Follow the fear," and that means you know, you get on the stage and you follow the thing that scares you the most, and you get out there, and that's a great lesson in life. It's like the thing that scares you the most might be the thing that actually is the thing you need to go after, right? You know, and it and releases you kind of once it you does. face it. It really does. It's like huh. why people get a lot out of skydiving or bungee jumping or something. You know, it's just something that's. What terrifies you might be the thing that is speaking most to your heart, and so Warren, uh, is it's a it's it's a movie about following that kind of thing that scares you, right? You know? And what scares him the most is leaving his bubble From, of a town, yeah, in the comfort zone, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so you know, Bruce really played that well, and he knew Dell uh, close, and um, so That's it, cool. it was kind of cool. He's yeah. he's I mean he's like he's Bruce is like he's like an old improv guy in Chicago, the guy, everyone knows him and he's taught everybody. Yeah. He's great. I didn't, I knew the movie was somewhat autobiographical, but I didn't realize how much it's a lot in there. Well, yeah, that, that, and that was from when Jay said that, I mean, that was kind of one of the, he was, Copley was based on improv people that had come along and the Dell idea and all that stuff. But also like there was a night when I first started second city where this guy, Brian Posen, who's an old season also see not old, sorry, Brian, <laughs> but he is, you know, he's a guy who's been around for a while out there and he pulled me aside and was like, Alex, you got to do this. This is like your thing. You need to do this. And it was one of those really cool affirming moments. And I'm actually wearing a second city shirt, which is kind of ah, funny, but, um, that was so cool to have my first night at second city. And this guy pulls me, my teacher pulls me aside and goes, dude, this is, you got to do this. Did you go to school for acting or film or anything? Um, or no? no, my mom's a drama teacher. Oh, she is. Yeah, and I and I grew up around it while always going to theater and you know seeing shows and going to musicals. And my dad loved loves still Sergio Leone movies, and so I always watched like very cinematic movies <laughs> and very. I always knew what was a good performance and what wasn't, and so right. I was always studying and being around acting and what what was good and what wasn't, and and what was a good film and what wasn't, and. So I had this standard that was just in place, just kind of thrown into me growing up. And then I was in, a, I was in, a, I was asked to audition for a play in 2005, got the part. And I'm looking to this, this kid next to me, Corey Bryan is his name. And we were in rehearsals and we were doing acting games and I got the part and I go, is this acting? He goes, yeah. I was like, this is it. This is what I was, I, what, this is what I was supposed to do. I mean, this is like, why was I making, why was I writing, you know, papers like I, if i can get an a doing this like you know so right so um so yeah that was um so then i said i'm i'm doing this full on so i went back to chicago and studied at the greatest places you can study which is second city and improv olympic and did your mom did you ever take one of your mom's classes or you can't do that, that no i always would go visit and so would, would see watch. the classes right. and so, so that was something early on yeah. i always was watching theater classes and and uh and uh so then i did piven theater also jeremy oh, yeah. parents have a theater there right um and really just it was great it was really cool so yeah. how psyched are your parents about this they are psyched they're very supportive they've always been so supportive like to a place of like, they've always just kind of trusted. Well, it seems like they instilled it in you. So they, they, yeah. cre- they created this Their monster. Right? They've created this problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you know, they are, uh, they are my, they are part of my inspiration for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you first came out to LA, was it to be an actor solely or did you always know you wanted to kind of do it all? Um, or what was the original? Well, plan? it's funny. I, I didn't, I, I actually, I mean, some of my influences are my own friends that were singer songwriters out of Nashville, Matt Wirtz, Dave Barnes. And they were like guys that would just DIY Andy Davis. The guys just like, he, they're always writing their own songs, producing them, getting them off and then selling their own <laughs> records. And it was like, so I just, I just applied the same principle to making films and 
when I was looking for a director on my first short, Sugar, I, w- I went to this uh, producer, Lee Jones, and I was like, hey, I, I need a director. She goes, well, why don't you just direct it? So then, it's you know, I know nice. this sounds crazy, but I read On Directing Film by David Mamet. It's a 90-page <laughs> book, and I loved it, and it's easy and simple. And in the book, he says, you know, there's only one question you're ever going to get asked on set, and it's where do we put the camera, and the, right. and the answer is over there. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know where over there is, then you know you're a director. But so I always knew where over there was, and uh, I always could envision a scene. And so I started directing, and then I was always acting in the things I made. And so I came out to L.A. and I played it as a. I think I was. I was just looking. I was getting acting jobs first. Right. I have it on here. Oh, there's a few. Yes, there there's is a some. TV show called Get a Clue. Oh, was that the first thing? Get a Clue. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I haven't seen that in so long. It <laughs> was like a web series for a long time ago. I don't know what even happened with that. I don't know. Um, also, you did CSI Miami. I did it. I did an episode. I think like that's a rite of passage. Every uh, actor I think that's put on here has done one of the three. CSIs. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Actually, I, I that is a, that I, I'm thankful for that, and uh, that was that was pretty funny. Um, doing that was a lot of that was crazy doing that show, but. Uh, but yeah, then I, t- I just, I don't know. But what did it feel like on set when you weren't in control, when you're just the actor? I love, I, I uh, love like all that stuff, but I, being just an actor on a set is great. And it's lovely because you're just, you get to focus on the lines and the part and the moments and you're not worried about all production and, right. and the DP. But I feel like camera. you're kind of somebody who should be doing all of it. I, I love doing all of it. Yeah. And it actually works for my mind because I, I, I don't know. It's one of those things I just, I get it. I don't know. I like doing it. It's yeah. It's like okay. So we dealt with where camera goes. Now I get to deal with this. And now I'm about to go learn my lines and go on a set. <laughs> well, also it's like you wrote the lines. Yeah, so, exactly. so you already know that, right? And, and I always say like if you can write something, you've you've sort of directed it in your head by, by putting it down on the page, right? So that part should should well, be seamless. But I, mean, I guess not for everybody. No, so people don't have the personality actually to direct what they've written. Well, but. people also don't understand what preparation means, right? Uh, which is uh, just the the. Directing is all preparation. It's only preparation. I mean, the, you get to set, and the and the thing should be directed already in a sense of like you've gone and met with the DP and the AD over and over and over again. You've gone to the location over and over again. You know the overhead schematic. You know where the camera's going. You get to set, and you know where the camera is. You, you're going to block it with the actors, and then you're going to figure out a little bit of variations there. And yeah, so by the time you're on set, the thing you know where you're putting the camera and, right. and the and and now it's about performances and so right a lot of it beforehand is a, you know hiring a good dp that okay, helps exactly. make you look good and right your only concern once you're in the moment should be like helping the actor get correct. the performance yeah. and as any great director will say uh, directing is 90% casting so yeah. you've hired actors that you know are going to deliver and right. you're not going to be talking to them for long amounts of time and over and over and over again if you have to talk to an actor too much you're in trouble you did know? you get? Did you have a lot of time, like to do a lot of takes? No, or we not? shot for fifteen days in Chicago. 15? Yeah, it's nuts. In How two, many pages was the script? I think we were at eighty nine at that point. I lost a lot days. of pages. One hundred four wow. down to eighty nine, and then wow, fifteen days. Yeah, you're hiring actors that know what they're doing. <laughs> right. and they come to set, and they're not going to be, you know. So you, I, I do like three to seven takes usually, and sometimes I'll go up to ten. But that's you know, I, I like to just get this thing. You know, you get it out there, and you, you know, you, you're not. Perfectionism is like, can be a hindrance. So when well, sometimes I, it's nice when it's not perfect. It's like good it's when people speak, perfect, right? You know? When it's people nice. speak in a normal way, if they yeah. stumble, that's really what life is. You, know? I know, you don't want exactly. it to be too polished. And I love capturing that. Yeah, right. exactly. So the movie does feel real. Thank you. <laughs> so the fifteen it. days probably helped. It did. Yeah. No. And 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 the budget and the days and the amount you have informs the aesthetic. You know, and so it informs how this thing's gonna. It's kind of like having only like instead of a twenty by twenty canvas, you have a ten, you have a four by four canvas, and you get to go make that four by four amazing. Right. right. And then a twenty by, you have all this room and the space. And sometimes you have too much, and you don't, you know. Did you sleep for fifteen days, or you were you uh, just? I wouldn't have been able to sleep. I don't think. You know, actually, Vale Romain was our line producer, and she's fantastic. Uh, everyone's fantastic. I talk about. I yeah. Guess. But uh, well, your crew sounds fantastic. But Vale structured this thing so well. We had twelve hour days, and we kept it there. And so I went home went to the hotel and was like, you know, maybe we even would get a dinner or a drink afterwards and nice. just kind of be able to you know, unwind a bit. And then I'm in bed by 10, 30, 11 or so. And you're up at six, I'm up at six and getting wow. picked up at six forty-five, and then back to set. So it was just, it was nice too, because that showed me that there's actually uh, there's, 
beauty and efficiency and you can be efficient and still make a movie and effective also yeah, 12 you know? hour days 15 days not a lot of hours not, <laughs> not a lot of hours i mean you don't have to make these like 19 hour day things you know it just right. doesn't have to be like that you right know, you still can do everything you need to do right it, it all informs everything anyway so if you're only you know you only get 12 hours you're going to do the best you can and do you think you'll always write movies that are more like human stories where people are talking as opposed to like car chases and building ex- buildings exploding. Uh, and do you know what I mean? Like, do you think you'll always kind of be, uh, what's like a smaller budget, um, typewriter? No, Brett. No? I want hundred millions. Of no, dollars. of course. But no, I'm but saying I like me personally, I don't really write car chases. No, so I like, don't. I, I that mean, takes up a lot of time. I actually, shooting. yeah, it does. Um, I love personal stories. I love interactions. I, I went to college for communication and philosophy, so I always was like interested in the philosophy of communication and right. how people interact. And where'd you go to school? Feel, I went to University of Kentucky That's in right. Lexington, and was in the communication and philosophy department there. Nice. And 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 I always loved, you know, I love contemplating and interpersonal dynamics. And right. so that plus action is actually pretty interesting. And yeah, like, that plus space is interesting. All that stuff can be interesting. It depends on. It just depends on the script and like what speaks to me and what I'm passionate about. And so, yes, I mean, I think there's it, like the whole Richard Linklater, his right. movies are very like for very years, human and, human very, and yeah. just conversations. Correct. And I yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. I love that. And I love that. I think that's a strength that, you know, I, I think that's one of my things that I love. I love like dialogue. real comedy, you know, comedy that comes out of situations. And right. so, yeah, the next projects I've been writing are all very uh, personal and funny and ridiculous and have it's all about interpersonal like ridiculousness basically yeah. what's the next one um can you talk about it yet or no well it is listed so i can't talk about too much but it is called the next darling right. and uh and, and it's based i'll just say that it's based off my short films coffees and babe right you can find on vimeo yeah wait let's talk about your short films because okay. they're they are online people can yeah. watch them yeah. freely yeah coffees was actually step uh staff picked by vimeo um and uh, I've seen coffees. I've cool. seen coffees and I've seen sugar. Yeah, you haven't seen Babe. Babe is Babe's you a showed, black and white. Whichever movie. ones you showed me. Oh right, I saw Babe's a black and white movie with Levin Rambin. Oh right, uh, our friend who's actually going to be in I think True Detective. Oh uh, yes, she is. Yet. Yeah, she but, talked about it. So yeah. that's okay. So with Levin, Rachel McAdams, right? I believe they are play, maybe playing sisters. Or so something. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So <laughs> proud of her. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, um, I just watched a movie with her in it, Two Night Stand with Miles Teller and Annalie Tipton. Oh, was uh, Levin in there? Yeah, she's. Oh, in good. There. Congratulations, Levin. Yeah. Um, and, and Hunger Rachel. Games. And, <laughs> and Hunger, it was a small movie called Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah. And so Levin was in Babe, and that's a movie about, God, that's so funny, because I did just meet up with the girl that I wrote Babe about today for coffee, which is kind of hilarious. It's so coffee, weird. Babe. Yeah, it's all the same thing. So, uh, <laughs> so Babe is about um, a couple that's having a late lunch, and it kind of the last moments of this lunch, and it's been going for the whole afternoon, essentially. It's one of those like long conversations, okay. you know, and you it's the end of that. Right. Yeah, and it's it's a... It's a story about uh, how this guy, Mikey, takes Babe back from the girl. It's like the moment that you realize that Babe's no longer this going to be used in the relationship anymore. Babe gets to come back, mm. go back into your little pocket, and then you save it for the next one. Wow. Um, so that's the next darling. That's The next darling is about the finding, uh, about basically the conversation of what it's what it's about. what it, The conversation of f- finding the next darling, becoming the next darling. Right. Uh, you know, the old Hemingway idea of uh, kill your darlings and the idea that a new yes. darling will come along. Um, not kill, please don't kill your <laughs> darlings, but uh, theoretically, yeah, theoretically the idea that like <laughs> freeing yourself up to find the new person yeah. or, and what that requires of a man of, uh, to become a man, um, which is about Mikey's journey of becoming man essentially. And are you so, going to play the lead again or no? That's a conversation that's happening at the moment. Right. Um, They're like, we love you, but Jake Gyllenhaal is interested. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> if Jake wants to do it, let's have a con- let's talk about that. <laughs> right. um, and um, and that's something that's going on right now. We're figuring that out. Cool. Um, and but then, you're definitely directing it. Correct. And yeah, you wrote, wrote it. Wrote it, directed. I'm producing with Orion Williams, who produced uh, Warren, Warren, and, and Control. <laughs> yes. And um, and then um, Coffees was about the taglines the love will make you do irrational acts yeah, of kindness that I've seen and a guy goes to his ex-girlfriend's house with a couple of coffees to try to win her back and uh, make things right and I don't think things go too well you're, you're a real romantic Alex thank you Every everything you've written and directed has a through line of 
getting the girl. There's a romance there. <laughs> there Takes is. one to know one, Brett. Yeah, that's Takes true. Takes one to know one. Um, but so it started with Sugar, your first Sugar short? was the first short film I, I directed. Now, how did you like talk about, we talked about financing with Warren. Like, were you just pulling favors? Cause, yeah. Because shorts are hard to finance. Well, I had produced a short prior, a year prior to that on Super 16 millimeter for 17,000 bucks with wow. my friend Nate Brown. And so I learned that set was like a 40 person set. I mean, it was a big crew on a two day shoot with dollies and dolly track and <laughs> yeah. shot on 16 millimeter. It's like a whole proper set. And so I learned that. Plus, I was an extra on Prison Break and I learned about ah, sets. And I didn't I just, know that. Yeah, yeah. And I was, uh, I was uh, acting in commercials and things like that. And so, like, I just observed sets and then I brought that and someone came to me with like 2,500 bucks. A guy named Jeff Plitt came to me with 2,500 bucks. I, the, out of dumb luck, I only knew the best DP in Chicago, essentially, Pete <laughs> Biaggi. So I didn't know any, I didn't know like film school kids. I was just right. like, hey, you're a DP. You you must want to direct the, shoot this uh, short. So I sent him the short. He loved it. He said, I'll give you a notch on your belt. It was kind of hard to get a hold of. Wow. And D, and Pete Biaggi shot my first short film. He was actually the guy in Project Greenlight, which you probably wouldn't want me to bring up, but he was the guy in Project Greenlight, the first one uh, where he, whatever. There's anything. But, I, I definitely was a watcher of Project yeah. Greenlight. And so Pete shot it, and then we somehow came up with $13,500 to go make that short and shot it wow. in two days. and. Man, I mean, I had huge. So the sugar was shot in Chicago. Sh- Chicago oh, okay. in April of April twenty eight, April twenty nine and thirtieth of two thousand seven. Right, it came out the in two thousand eight. Came out in two thousand eight. According to your list, toured the festivals. It did, and it had a yeah. It had made fun. a little name for yourself. Yeah, and I had fun, and that was what I brought out to out to L A with the script Warren, and that's what people Got it. really liked. So you had your short, and you had yeah. your script. That's good advice for people yeah. to have yeah, your you, feature you, script ready when you, you have to show people your short, especially after your first feature too, have that next script ready and um yeah and then uh i started and then joe troman from fallout boy who i reconnected with after a long time through tony hale who's a friend also and yeah. and, and joe uh came in and, and we made the laundry together my next yeah. short and then i was gonna I, say all the titles are simple titles but also nostalgic mm. you have sugar laundry ice cream bus stop babe and coffee exactly yeah they're it's very hard. i don't know they're they they feel remind you of childhood, sort of. <laughs> I guess, I'll take it. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's uh, so yeah. I don't know. Simple, simple thoughts, simple notions. Yeah, and just kind of making them. And I always say, like, you know, make a short that's simple and quick, and three to five or seven minutes, and go make that and do that well. And now, which ones did you show when you were shopping Warren around? I've always. All I mean, they've them? showed them all. I mean, people saw ever all of them, and I, I kind of like don't tell the labels, but I, I mean, we. Cl- <laughs> just put whatever music I wanted to in it. and I always love nostalgic old music right. and old time music so Dean Martin and Nat King Cole and things like that uh, I, you know we don't sell the shorts cause I was going to say you're not making money music. off of no, them no, right. no, no, they're but just they're, free online yeah. and so people saw those and knew that I could put together a movie uh, through that which was you know again it's like constantly trying to con- constantly conquering the catch 22 you know right. you can't make a, sh- a feature unless you directed a feature but you can't make a feature <laughs> without directing you know so right so yeah, I like it. Yeah, man. That's so good stuff. so Warren's out now. It finally, is. it is. Did it also get it got a little theatrical or just at the festivals? We just did the festivals and we just. Uh, so it's yeah. nice because now people can just watch it in the comfort of their own home. Exactly. Yeah. Which I feel like people are doing the, the interview. If the interview taught us anything, it's that people will pay to watch it at home. Exactly. It costs so, a lot to go to the theater. I know it does, <laughs> and, and it's a lot of people, you know, but still something people want to do, and so that's cool that that still exists and people go to the, go to watch a movie. Yeah, but, well, you've gotten to see it on the big yeah. screen, thankfully. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the beauty a of lot the of festivals. People, yeah, exactly. So p- people came out and watched it, and now people can watch it on, on their Online. It's called computer. Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N. Yeah, exactly. Directed by Alex Bay. WarrenTheMovie.com. WarrenTheMovie.com. You can see everything there, WarrenTheMovie.com, WarrenTheMovie on Twitter, on Facebook. I think it's Warren Movie on Facebook, but WarrenTheMovie.com has everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're on all of it. It's fun. Are you starting to notice tweets and out of nowhere? Like, yeah. yeah. I guess it'll just start, they'll just start rolling in. It's cool. It's just, yeah, it's just uh, people come out of nowhere. And, and as your stuff. cast blows up and as their followings grow, people keep discovering it. Exactly. It's cool. Yeah. So, so now it's out community. to the world. You can move on to your next project. That's right. And we still value our little children. <laughs> the, the, the children, Warren, my child, my yeah, first child. It is like a kid. It is like a kid. You gave birth to it, and it's out there in the world. Yeah, I don't know if I should say this, but I was like, I'm either going to name my first son Warren or my first movie. So, uh, Well, why did you choose the name Warren? Well, Brett, um, 
this is going to sound funny, but my middle name is Warren. Okay, listen, Alexander. I, I, I've Wh- named characters Jared, which is my middle name. Yeah, mine it as well. It makes it easier. It does. Alexander Warren Bay and uh, Warren, I've always loved. It's a great name. It's a family name. Solid and name. I never used it for anything. And I'm Alex Bay, and Alex Bay is short, and Alexander Warren Bay is like a presidential name. So Very presidential. So I was like, well, I guess I'll, or a write, an old writer <laughs> from the 1800s maybe. <laughs> right. So I didn't really use any of those. I'm not doing that. So I thought, okay. Let's put this in there. And it's cool. I mean, it's a good writer trick to use your middle name because it's kind of, you can write an alter ego and all characters that we create have mm-hmm. a little bit of ourselves in them. So Exactly. That's a fun fact. It is a fun fact. Uh, my, my friend Maz in Chicago is like, you write from your shadow, the Jungian <laughs> shadow. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay. All right, I guess Was there ever talk about giving it like a like a romantic comedy type title or no, you you were able to keep Warren. I never found one. I mean, the only thought, the other thought was like earth to Warren (laughs) or like, actually, you know what? That sounds like a sci-fi movie. I shouldn't even say this on, on any kind of show, but, uh, you can say it here. Well, the first title was called the etiquette of divorce. Really? Yeah, which was... Oh, because the parents are getting divorced. Right, which just was right. too dramatic. And right. Dude, oh my God, the first oh, the, the first draft was like they were living in New York and and like she came home <laughs> and made out with the neighbor and like, you know, Warren... Fa- I don't know, it just was like a... a darker. A, a dramatic, darker, and then there was a, cold, a whole title sequence of him moving back to Chicago and five years went by. and I don't know, kind of, that sounds fun actually. Maybe that could be your next one. That yeah. could be the next one, but... um. But uh, uh, there could be a Warren sequel. Yeah, Etiquette of Divorce was the name of our first improv troupe that <laughs> I did. We did at Improv Olympic in Chicago Got with it. my old IO people, the Etiquette of Divorce, <laughs> and we used to do, uh, you know, hey, we are the Etiquette of Divorce. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so Warren, I never found another name. We tried. We figured it just never. I don't know. In the conversation of the W, meaning the later in the alphabet and like video on demand, and now right. I don't think it matters. No. I think they're they're just listed all over the place. Now. Yeah, it's everywhere. The cataloging, I guess, is what it's called, right? Or what is it called? I don't know. Yeah, Foldering. They, it's definitely not alphabetized. I don't know. So, huh? So I don't know. I'm learning learning things and having a great time. Yeah, and and, it and is being fun. the greatest day of our lives thus far. You know, thus far. You know, and you're really, doing a lot of publicity, which is nice. It's, it's a good so feeling. cool. Yeah, it's it is fun. really cool. It's really fun. It's it's great. I love I love doing it, and um, you know so. I love it. Okay, the last thing we do here okay. on the list is mm-hmm. called the mystery question, okay. where I have the guest from my last podcast write a secret question and seal it in an envelope, and I don't know what it is, and then I give it to my next guest, and they open it, and they have to answer it. No way. Did so, Jeremy Gerlich. Jeremy Gerlich wrote it? That's so funny. Director of Wedding Ringer. What's interesting is his movie, he also wrote in like 2001, 2002, and it didn't come out until 2015, so- <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So, we, you both have told stories of how long it takes to get your movie made. Well, I can, can I say how that- how great it is when it finally does get well, I don't know what the question is but yet, but what's interesting is that Jeremy and I have known each other for a long time. We've known about each other for a longer time, mm-hmm. and I've known him through Jaron and Evan's, Evan, oh, Evan Lowenstein. Course. But I can't believe we haven't talked about Jaron mm-hmm. and Evan Lowenstein because we talked Jaren. about them so much yeah, with I know. Jeremy I know. on the last podcast. Oh, my God. They're, they're the like best. A, they're a through line. They're I've, a through line to everybody in Hollywood. Uh, everybody. And I, I got to know Evan better through you. For sure. You look at her, you look at me, she's got me thinking about her constantly. Crazy you know for I mean? this girl. Yeah, I yeah. put that song on the first page of a script I wrote in college. Of course you did. It opens with a guy driving with that song on the radio. It's like, I can't take the distance. I can't take the miles. Yeah. You know, well, I remember you texted me and you said, do you know who Evan and Jared are? And I, I told you that over <laughs> text. Oh, they, that song was on the script. <laughs> Dude, they're and the you, best. T- you showed him the text. <laughs> they're the best. So then when we hung out later that night, I, you're like just tell him so I told him oh, that's so funny so that's really interesting cause that's right Jeremy Gerlich, I mean, when I first really moved out here Jeremy was like a guy that I, I met or was around and I knew his assistant See, it's fate it's really interesting well now hopefully the question lives up to the build up that oh we my just gosh. gave it okay so I so open it open right that now envelope, yeah. Jeremy Gerlich okay hi hi Jeremy I'm, I don't know what you've just put me through or what you're about to put me through it could be anything Um, what do you think the Middle East <laughs> will look like in a hundred years Wow. Deep. <laughs> what I think the Middle East will look like in 100 years. Um, man, you know, maybe Jesus will come back and uh, <laughs> all things will be new and fresh again. And maybe that'll all happen. Okay. Uh, or uh, maybe they, maybe I, I, you know what? I hope that there is peace. I hope peace happens. I really do. I really hope. And I know that there's, that's possible through, it's honestly possible through self-love. 
and I know that sounds crazy and that's getting really serious, but if people would just kind of learn to love themselves, learn to love others, we could have an amazing world. You and know, it's interesting you say that. When when David Arquette was on this podcast, love, he, love me some David. Love David Arquette, yeah, Bootsy Bellows. You know? Of course, I know David. He's, he's um, had a lot of funny nights <laughs> with that guy. Yeah, and so David said, he calls it the kindness game, mm-hmm. and he thinks if if you're just kind to people, there's a chain reaction where then they will be kind to people. Correct. And he really believes it. And I, I, I and believe it's, it too. it's what you're saying. If I people just too. tried it and they were nice to someone, that person will then be nice to someone else and it will have a chain reaction. It's a law of attraction. It's a law of love. It could happen. Yeah, man. It's really cool. I know that sounds really, I know whatever. Well, that was that, the most serious um, mystery question we've ever had in 38 podcasts. Oh my gosh. Jeremy, thank you for that question. Yeah. I'm going to keep this or do you want to keep it? Um, you can keep it. That's awesome. It's pretty, it's a deep one. So now I hand you. A pen and a card, and you write a mystery question for whoever the next guest will be. Okay. And it can be about anything, and then that's how we'll end the next podcast, and that's a wrap on this podcast. All right. Sounds good. So thank you, Alex Bay, for being here. Um, Brad, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. It was really, fun, right? Really cool, and I'm very thankful to be here. So it's thanks a place for to me. talk about movies. I love it. Which we're we talking, do all the time We're talking anyway. motion pictures here, kids. <laughs> we are. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Check out Warren on iTunes everywhere, and uh, you'll be glad you did. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Away for Hollywood. Away for Hollywood. So misunderstood. So keep fighting on. When all hope is gone, you live and you learn. The tables will turn. So shine like you should. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 due at signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.